It's not often that a conference actually bills itself as de- devoted to wanton nights and feasting. It normally just happens when the delegates have unwind after a long day of workshops. But an interdisciplinary conference being organised by the Department of English and Comparative Literary Studies at the University of Warwick promises just that. We're talking to Rebecca Hayes, a postgraduate student in the department, about the conference called Wanton Nights and Writers' Feasts, which is being hosted on the 8th of April this year. Rebecca, could you tell us a bit about where the conference title came from for a start? Well, the conference title itself um, is a reference to a line from a sermon that um, John Donne preached. And the full line is, um, Though a man knew not that every sin casts another shovel of brimstone upon him in hell, yet if he knew that every riotous feast cuts off a year, and every wanton night seven years of his seventy in this world, it was some degree toward perfection in knowledge. So what does that actually mean in terms of the conference? Well, we kind of liked the idea of, well, wanton nights and riotous feasts being Mm -hmm. catchy in itself, Mm -hmm. um, but we liked the concept of virtue and vice being represented in the fact that it's vice being spoken of Mm -hmm. in sermons, therefore a virtuous communication. And so why is the study of virtue and vice important to our understanding of the early modern period? Because it's all set um, around early modern studies, isn't it? Yeah. um, It's, well, virtue and vice is in absolutely everything. Nowadays, whenever, since time Mm -hmm. began, really. um, It sort of is a situation that vice and virtue are elements that everything fits into politics um, ideas of morality at the time ideas of how you sort of hold yourself how you dress Mm -hmm. everything so it just is a good key and uh, it's not just English literature either is it you you have scholars of history and and other scholars involved yep we have scholars of um, as you said of history English literature uh, art history theology um a wide spectrum. So what kind of um, subjects will you be covering in the one-day conference? Uh, well, as the title suggests, virtue and vice, but specifically within that we've got secular and religious codes of behaviour, um, we've got sex and erotic representations, we've got things about crime, deviancy, mm-hmm. punishment, um, morality, the church, we've got things about performing virtues and vices at the time, so sort mm-hmm. of representations of it and theatrical representations and such like. From a layman's view, what's what's actually the point of studying these things? Um, well, basically, it's obviously it's our past, but there's a manner in which everything that we are now has been has been developed from the past, mm-hmm. and ideas of sexuality, ideas of how religious people are meant to behave. It's very interesting to see how things have altered. Um, from sort of 400 years ago to how they how you can see them now and how concerns that there were then are still pretty relevant nowadays that sort of early modern concerns are really very modern concerns at the same time. Do you have any examples of, of, of those kinds of concerns from the programme? Um, we have some issues about language and sexual language and how people were saying... How people could be misinterpreted mm-hmm. as to how, you know, du- um, double meanings of things. Okay. Um, also, sort of fears about fears about drinking, fears about murder, mm-hmm. um, sort of normal social mm-hmm. concerns that are still very much um, relevant nowadays. Also, positions of women in society, giving women too much power, mm-hmm. a kind of 
early modern version of a ladette or something, mm-hmm. kind of ladette culture, mm-hmm. drinking, smoking, a bit too much, not being what women should be. So is the concept of virtue and vice, or was it more relevant to women, um, a kind of a restriction on women, or, or is it broader than that? It's something which it seems to be commented more upon for women, but certainly if you were if you were within a religious society mm-hmm. or in a role of sort of commanding respect and power, then you would have a lot of concerns about what you were doing. Um, I mean, situations of politicians, mm-hmm. members of parliament, um, the king himself at that point as well. There was a lot of ideas about what they were doing mm-hmm. and how that reflected upon their their judgment of and carrying out of the role as well. And how were those concerns expressed? Was it primarily through literature? Or were there other means of... I suppose it, mu- it must have been discussed at the time, otherwise you, you would have nothing to actually study. Um, obviously, literature is one way that mm-hmm. we have evidence of it. Um, there are a lot of concerns communicated through literature, through poems, mm-hmm. um, that kind of thing, particularly... Um, for instance, the Earl of Rochester wrote mm-hmm. a lot of poems which are really seedy and sexy um, on one half, but the other half they're really worried about politics mm-hmm. and about sort of Charles II's behaviour and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So that's one one thing, certainly. Okay, and this, I think, is actually your area. The paper that you'll be delivering will be um, entitled Women in 17th uh, Century English Pornography. Yep. So that's obviously a, a very catchy, meaty subject. Um mm. Could you tell us a bit about the format of your paper, which um, which writers uh, or playwrights you'll be studying, and, and kind of a, a bit of a synopsis for us? Um, well, the difficulty with pornography at the time was that there really weren't any authors, or if they were putting their names to it, they you know were kind of pseudonyms. Mm-hmm. Um, so they have a, there's a situation that a lot of stuff was being read, and a lot of stuff was filtered across from. Europe and, and what have you. Um, the texts I'll be looking at are sort of things like Le Col de Fee, which Samuel Pepys, the diarist, mm-hmm. um, refers to actually having read in his diary at one really? point. It takes him a couple of months to actually persuade himself to buy it. Mm-hmm. Um, he is completely and utterly shame sort of filled that mm-hmm. he's bought it. Um, reads it after having sort of had a fair amount to drink, mm-hmm. kind of gets a little bit overexcited about it mm-hmm. um, and then burns it right basically um, so that's the sort of representation of mm-hmm. readers at the time it's a very difficult thing to try and work out so I'll be sort of looking at representations of of anxieties towards reading pornography mm-hmm. because they're representing women in that who are sexually free mm. knowledgeable as well um, they're not sort of they're not the women that just basically lie on their backs and that's it. Mm-hmm. Um, they're all expected to have fun as well, which is a bit of a curious concept at the time, and it's a bit yes. hard for people to get their heads round. Um, but I'm considering how that plays in with the time period mm-hmm. and contemporary views to to women and how women should should behave basically. So sort of how that's then filters into drama onto okay. the stage. So presumably at the time we're looking at a, a kind of a Madonnas and whores situation where women were expected to behave with a certain amount of virtue and 
if you didn't have the necessary amount of virtue or weren't perceived to have it, then you were categorised as a whore or, or one of the subjects of these types mm. of texts. Yeah, that basically you were either a virgin or a whore. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, which is why these texts become quite kind of difficult mm. because they are people's wives or they're not their mistresses, they're people's wives that these texts are written for oh. to sort of educate them and... Um, yeah, make them better in bed. It's kind of like a joy of sex thing with sort of various different century Joy yeah. of sex. <laughs> yeah, more or less. <laughs> okay. We're often accused now of having a, an unhealthy interest in sexual matters and being very salacious, especially with the the popular press. Is this um, a characteristic of our times, or is it something that that's also important in the early modern period? I'd say that it's um, a characteristic of humanity in general basically everybody's always interested at who's with who and who mm -hmm. shouldn't be and that kind of thing it's something that certainly within the early modern period you've got a lot of a lot of concern about whose mistresses whose mistress is also somebody else's mm -hmm. a lot of mistress sharing going on um but within that it's the status of these mistresses that caused a lot of concern. I mean, there was a lot of worry about um, Charles II having Nell Gwynne as mm -hmm. a mistress, for instance, because being an orange seller and extremely mm -hmm. low class. And the fact that Charles II's mistresses probably had a bit more influence over him than his ministers, which <laughs> various people did not see as being exactly what the king should, you know, mm -hmm. should be doing. So it's not a sort of salacious interest that's that's modern. It's something which has always been there. I'd say that probably a lot of these um a lot of these pornographic texts do refer to um mistresses or have sort of dedicatory letters at the start to various people um of high standing that if you knew who they were with and what they were doing, then it sort of glossed it almost a bit like a heat magazine, mm -hmm. so to speak that you kind of read these things to find out who was with whom and what they'd just done and that kind of thing. So you've mentioned the king and Samuel Pepys. Um, was pornography the preserve of, of the rich, moneyed, um, higher society people? Or are there any texts that deal with um, other classes of people in the early modern period? To an extent, things have got things were more for upper classes because, well, printed texts anyway literacy levels, although literacy levels had ri had risen mm -hmm. dramatically by this point. The number of texts that there are do refer to prostitutes and whores within London. So they're kind of... They themselves are a lower class, although they are servicing mm -hmm. the upper classes, um, so to speak. But the situation with a number of the texts is that they concern themselves with the mercantile classes. So the sort of middle and middle upper classes the sort of the ones that are doing well out of London's expansion and mm -hmm. um, trade and this kind of situation so ones that are upwardly mobile rather than anything lower than that there seems to be very little um, concern and very little consideration of lower class and working class sex that just sort of isn't really mentioned because these texts really present themselves as being representations of what could happen within your own social circle. Okay. So they're not something... They're not looking at serfs in a village somewhere. They're looking at people 
in the house next door to them that could be going on, that kind of situation. Mm-hmm. Is there any sense as well of um, a, a kind of a moral guardianship or stewardship over people of a lower class? Not really, that's not that's noticeable, no. Okay, no. so far more day-to-day gossipy than that. Mm. Yeah, I mean, there is concern of when upper classes and extreme lower classes mingle um, and sort of without any concern that sort of promiscuity can mean that absolutely anybody can be with anyone. Um, that fear, obviously, is more there for if it's upper-class women with lower-class men because then mm-hmm. you get into the whole issue of illegitimate children mm-hmm. and sort of corrupted bloodlines and that kind of situation. So that seems to be more a concern rather than what they're doing, you know, what lower classes are doing rather than anything else. Okay, so the impact on the individuals themselves rather than Mm. concerns for anyone else. Or the impact upon upper society. Yes. And then on the flip side in the conference, you also have, uh, I believe, some topics dealing with um, the clergy Mm -hmm. um, and and with the the virtue part of the... um, Who's covering those? Um, Well, we have one of our keynote speakers, Dr Elizabeth Clark from um, Warwick. She's going to be talking about the Song of Songs in the mm-hmm. 17th century. Sorry, what's that? The In the Bible, the right. Song of Solomon. Oh, OK. Yeah. Um, so we sort of, we start with some virtuous ideas. We have um, a number of people talking about commemorative monuments and how they sort of reflected virtuous identities within people's lives. Okay. So sort of monuments in churches mm-hmm. and that kind of thing. Um, we've got how the clergy and how religion played and played a major part upon development of people's sort of social lives mm-hmm. and that kind of situation. So there's a, an amount of how much input the church had mm-hmm. upon life, really. Okay, so really about society again. Mm. Yeah, okay. it's sort of very society-based, mm-hmm. really, is the the general overlying theme of the conference. Okay, and what's your the main aim of um, holding the conference? Are you looking to get something out of it? Well, one of the main aims is the sort of intellectual exchange, so to speak, mm-hmm. of um, ideas between early modernists. But the aim besides that is to really cr- try and develop a Midlands um, early modern network in which various scholars from um, the early modern period, based loosely around the Midlands, mm-hmm can have a network where they're aware of people who are doing similar research to them that they're going to be in the job market with in the mm-hmm. future mm-hmm. Um, that they can sort of just bounce ideas off mm-hmm. and have a kind of graduate and scholarly community mm-hmm. going on there really Excellent. based around topics well thank you very much for for explaining the conference to us um best of luck with it it sounds very exciting thank you if you'd like to um, find out about the conference or perhaps even book a place then please see www.warwick.ac.uk forward slash go forward slash virtue underscore vice or if you'd like to discuss what we've been talking about today then please visit the warwick website at www.warwick.ac.uk